What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Madison Cawthorn is out in the primary for his seat, and I'm going to break down the repercussions and reasoning behind that stunning loss. Plus, Dr. Oz and Dave McCormick are still duking it out in Pennsylvania, and what does it all mean for the future of the Republican Party moving forward? This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. All right, so another thing that happened on uh, on Tuesday night is a, is a pretty stunning primary defeat uh, for Madison Cawthorn down there in North Carolina. And, you know, when you break this down and when you think about Madison Cawthorn, it, it, you know, he is part of a class of these sort of social media superstars and these flamethrowers in Congress. And when you think about Madison Cawthorn, you think about um, Lauren Boebert, um, MTG, Matt Gates, etc. These are people that do things differently in Congress. These are people that are doing that role and playing that position in a way that we have not seen before. Um, they are having viral social media moments. They're not afraid to do things like vote no on that $40 billion to the Ukraine, right? And apparently, you know, these people know how to make a viral moment. And when it comes to Madison Cawthorn, apparently a lot of his staff uh, was devoted to his social media presence. You know, he did a lot of viral videos. He has a very large social media following. He made sure that, you know, when he gives the speeches on the House floor, it all goes viral, all of that different stuff. And I, I think this, when you look back at the past two years for Madison Cawthorn, it may be the simplest case of too much, too soon, too damn young. And I'm sorry, guys, it is just the truth. This man, he's the youngest member of Congress. This man is 26 years old. He was 25 when he was sworn in. What were you doing at 25 years old? Because when I was 25 years old, I was getting trashed on Friday and Saturday nights and sleeping in until noon and like pouring myself into the crap media job that I had at that point in time in my life in New York City. So that's what I was doing um, when I was 25 years old. Uh, so, you know, Madison Cawthorn became a sitting member of Congress. And you know what? And there's a very interesting article that came out in Politico about Madison Cawthorn. I'm going to get to that. But first, there's this idea. And there's another thing that a, um, a friend of mine that works in politics, he's a consultant and a lobbyist and all that stuff. And this is what he said. Uh, we were having dinner and the Madison Cawthorn stuff came up in conversations. And he said, you know, I 
don't understand why people are surprised when 25-year-olds act like 25-year-olds. And I said, precisely. Whether they're in Congress, whether they're bartending, whether um, they're waiting tables, whether they're working their first crap media job in New York City and getting paid $30,000 a year like I was, 25-year-olds are going to act like 25-year-olds, right? And there's this sense and there's this idea that being in Congress is uh, is some sort of glamour profession, right? So people are like, oh my God, you're in Congress. You're so, it's so glamorous. It's so fun. Everybody knows who you are, blah, blah, blah. Um, from what I have seen in just observing congressmen and women and, and you know, being at events with them and interacting and, and, and doing all of this stuff, it seems, and I've told them this to their faces, um, it seems miserable. It seems like an absolutely miserable life. That's why I, I, I turn it down. Um, if you, The clearest example of what life is actually like as a congressman is there's a movie, there's a documentary on HBO Max. It is called The Swamp. It centers around Matt Gates. Um, and this is all about Matt Gates's life as a congressman, literally going to fundraisers to raise money because all these people do is raise money. It's going to, um, you know, going to have dinner with lobbyists, you know, doing cable news hits. I believe that at the point in time in that documentary, he was like sleeping in his office. Um, I think that was before, you know, he got in engaged and all that. But I remember watching that documentary. I think I watched it a couple of summers ago in, in, thinking that this seems awful, that this is not a life that that anybody should want. It is certainly not a glamour profession. But here's the thing, and back to Madison Cawthorn, it was too much, it was too soon, he was too young. There was a piece in Politico um, that's basically called The Unraveling of Madison Cawthorn. And this was a, uh, this was a deep, it's not fake news, this was a deeply reported piece. I believe that this writer had interviewed something like um, 70 interviews with people that know him, pulled depositions from lawsuits, all of this stuff. And, and it says the, the consensus is that this person was 25 years old and he was not ready for this job. And one of the things that the profile in the article breaks down, it, which I think is very interesting is the fact that he is paraplegic. He doesn't have any use of his body from the waist down. And this is an accident that happened to him very, very young. This is something that he was dealing with. And this is something that he still deals with. Plus the added pressure and scrutiny that comes with not only being a congressman, but being the youngest congressman in office. And this is stuff that he's dealing with. And the, the interesting thing about this article, and like I said, I, I really do, really do suggest that you read this. I'm going to read you one part from this. Um, and this is what he said when he was texting the man who fell asleep at the wheel that was a former friend of his, and that led to the, the uh, accident that, that made him paraplegic. And this came from a deposition from the court case. It was a text message. He said, I miss my life. I miss being able to defend myself, being able to dress myself. 
not having to have pills to keep me alive, being able to compete, being checked out by girls. I miss my pride as a man, the pride my father swelled with when he spoke my name. I miss not having to convince myself every day not to pull the trigger and end it all. It's like powerful stuff, right? This is a human being here. It's not just it's a, a congress a congressperson. You know, this is a human being, and that was just four years before he won a seat, and he won the seat in a very low turnout race, and it just it it really is something that took him from quote unquote nobody to somebody and not only a somebody but to one of the youngest congress people in american history overnight and so here's the thing folks about the fame game here's the thing about being famous here's the thing about having a platform here's the thing about people recognizing your face when you go out in public and people wanting things from you or wanting to be around you or wanting to know you or wanting to get close to you so they think that you they can get something for you. These are all things that happen when you become a public person. In this fame game, this idea that I think a lot of people have nowadays that, um, and I'm not saying that he had this idea, but I just, I'm just talking about fame in general. There's this idea that people have that somehow fame is going to solve their problems and, and somehow fame is going to make them be able to sleep at night and fame is going to be enough to get them up in the morning and that fame is going to be the thing that fulfills them. And my news to you is that that is absolutely not true. And when it comes to being famous and when it comes to being celebrity, especially with the scrutiny that comes from being a member of Congress, particularly the youngest member of Congress, this is something that you have to be absolutely ready for. You have to be physically ready for it. You have to be mentally ready for it. You have to be spiritually ready for it. You have to be emotionally ready for it. You have to have your fortress built if you are going to go into the arena in this way. And it looks as if maybe he wasn't all the way there. So he got taken out. And of course, this has to do with the podcast that he did where he talked about um, coke and cocaine and, and you know, sexual uh, impropriety in D.C., with that clip and of course you know with you guys you guys have all heard that clip where he said he basically talks about being offered key bumps of cocaine and and being invited to orgies in, in DC and of course it happened of course he was telling the truth but he wasn't supposed to speak that truth as a sitting congressman what he didn't realize is that the swamp is deep and the swamp will turn against you. And all of this stuff that we saw leaked up, leaked out about Madison Cawthorn, the, the, the videos and, and the, the embarrassing stories and the lingerie and all of this stuff, this stuff was leaked out by Republicans in power in Washington, D.C. to destroy this man. 
they, those people do not want him in Congress. And those people got their wish. When it comes to Madison Cawthorn, I think he's a good man. I've met him a few times. It's fine. I think he'll use a celebrity to do great things within the party. But this is what I think, and this is what I truly think, and this is probably the truth that nobody is going to, nobody that's around him, this is probably the truth that nobody around him is going to say, is that I personally fundamentally wish and hope and pray that he takes some time away from all of this stuff. Finish out your term. Back off from all of this stuff. Go figure out who you are. Go deal with the things that you probably need to deal with, the things that we all need to deal with. And then when you're ready to get back in the arena, go back to the arena. Start a pack, do commentator, maybe run for Congress again in 10 years, like when you got some life behind you, you know? And I really do say that um, in all sincerity. I, I really do hope that he takes this time to find himself, to discover himself, to, to figure out who, who he is outside of the swamp. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to wrap this up. And I'm going to tell you guys, as somebody that operates in all of this, if you do not know who you are inside, in here, and in here, outside of all of that, it will consume you. It will destroy you. And these people will walk over your destroyed carcass as if it never existed. Up next, we still don't have a winner in Pennsylvania when it comes to Dr. Oz and Dave McCormick. I will break down all of that drama, plus the Kathy Barnett drama with Sean Hannity after the break. Bill O'Reilly here with a big announcement. You can now watch new episodes of the No Spin News live on Samsung TV+. Plus. Tune in each weeknight at 8 p.m. On the first TV for breaking news, honest analysis, and the best election coverage in America. Please join me, Bill O'Reilly, at the first TV now available on Samsung TV+. Start watching today on your Samsung television, Galaxy devices, or the Samsung TV Plus mobile app. Check out the No Spin News each weeknight at 8 p.m. on the first TV, Samsung TV+. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, so there are two main stories. The two biggest stories that are coming out of Tuesday night are obviously, number one, um, the fact that Dr. Oz and Dave McCormick in Pennsylvania are, are virtually tied at this point. The last time I checked, they were within two percentage points of each other. And Kathy Barnett ended up being um, kind of a non-factor coming in a distant third place. Now she is feuding with Sean Hannity now. And I'll get into that a little bit. Um, but first, I want to get into Oz and Dave McCormick. So 
The reason that we've been hearing so much about Dr. Oz is that obviously he is a celebrity. He has been on television for like literally the past 20 years. And the thing about it is, is that when you are on TV that long, and this is the issue um, with you know, TV and radio personalities and stuff like that that have done that for decades and then all of a sudden decide to hop into the ring, that means you have literally decades worth of content for people to find and, and twist and turn against you. And with the Dr. Oz thing, there are a lot of things that people had issues with. There were things that uh, him having dual Turkish citizenship. Um, there were issues, you know, I saw some stuff on Twitter where um, he had, you know, dove into the whole transgender children thing uh, probably about, you know, seven, eight years ago on the show. So he had, you know, these trans kids on there and talked about puberty blockers and all of these different things. Obviously, uh, this was somebody that was in the entertainment industry and somebody that was, you know, hopping on the trends. And while I can't really blame him for that stuff in particular, you have to understand why this is going to give people pause, particularly when, and especially when it comes to the the child trans issue and, and all of that other stuff. And, and I'm going to do um, some episodes where I dive into that a little bit deeper, but sort of speaking out against this and speaking out against the puberty blockers and the hormones and all these different things, this has become sort of like a conservative um point. I don't think that it should be conservative, but it is, right? So that is where we are. And so a lot of conservatives were given pause when they saw him sort of delving into those waters as a result of this show that had been on for a really long time. As far as Dave McCormick, this is somebody who I understand to be a local guy, I understand to be a businessman. Apparently people, they like, he seems to me, and this is somebody that, you know, I saw a little bit, he seems very no drama, okay? And I think that in, in this uh, political world that we're in right now, obviously, to tell you the truth, the reason that a lot of people voted for Joe Biden is because they, they didn't want the quote-unquote drama, right? <laughs> surprise, surprise, little did they know. But anyway, back to McCormick, people see calmness and they see stability and they don't see all the drama. And it is very important this is why, and I want to break down why Trump world and why a lot of the figures that are connected to Trump world went so hard for Dr. Oz and so hard against Kathy Barnett. And, and, and I'll get to her. This is an important endorsement for Trump people. So Trump came out for Dr. Oz fairly immediately. Um, it is very important to Trump world and the people that are in charge in Trump world that he is seen as a kingmaker. It is a source of his power right now to say, you want to be anybody in this party. You have to go to Donald Trump. You have to go to Mar-a-Lago. You have to kiss the ring. You have to be around all of these people, and they all have to say yes. From what I hear, if one person says no, then they're, then they're done, right? So you have to get the okay from all of these people and, and from Donald Trump himself. And it is very important that Trump world is seen as a kingmaker because this is a source of their strength, not to mention the fact that they have more money than the Republican Party and the Democratic Party combined, right? So they have a lot of cash on hand. You have to understand that Trump world is going to be deeply, deeply, deeply powerful whether he runs for president again or not, all right? It is very important. And so 
it was so important to them that this endorsement is seen as something for Trump world that they focused all of this attack energy on Kathy Barnett, who had a viral video. And it's a it's a it's a beautiful video um, where she talks about being the product of rape and, and her mother had her at 11 years old and her mother chose life. It's It's beautiful. Uh, there's nobody that can watch this video and not be deeply affected by it. And that gave her a lot of buzz towards the end. And so Trump world turned all of this attack energy on Kathy Barnett. You know, you know, Hannity is going hard on her. You know, Rick Grinnell is going hard on her, all of this other stuff. And while they're doing all of that stuff, Dave McCormick kind of just like slides here in the middle. Now, at this point, and this election was three days ago at this point, we still do not know who won. And this speaks to the the part of the electoral process in this day and age that everybody is getting very tired of. And the question that we're all asking is, why are we not getting clear-cut winners at the end of the day? Like, literally, this should not be a process that takes weeks, months. This should not be a process. This is what sort of digs into the perception that there's something untoward that is happening in these elections. So they have to get this stuff fixed. And so where Trump world falters, I think, and, you know, lots of people had lots of problems with Dr. Oz. They had problems with, you know, him pushing puberty blockers on the show. They had problems with, you know, him in in, in his Turkish citizenship. And, and people don't know what's going on about that. Um, people had a lot of problems that they don't know if they're getting a true Republican or if they're just getting a liberal that pretends to be a Republican. Because, look, this guy came from Hollywood, was in Hollywood for a very long time. And it is very interesting to me that you did not see these attacks towards Dr. Oz coming from that industry. And maybe it's just because it was the primary, and maybe they were waiting to see if 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 Oz got the nomination so they could unleash all of the crap from Hollywood, but you didn't see all that. And so that makes people a little wary of him. And I think that where Trump world falters with these endorsements sometimes is that Trump is a is a TV guy, and, and there's nobody that's in Trump world that is not very, very media savvy, very TV savvy, very entertainment savvy. And I think that sometimes they pick celebrity above all. I think that when Dr. Oz was, was presented to them as somebody that was running for Senate as a Republican, I think the first instinct is to be like, oh, great. This guy is a celebrity. He is when it was in Hollywood. He has all this money. He'll get all of this attention. Absolutely, this is the guy. And I think that sometimes they kind of falter with that because with that celebrity and with all that money and with all that attention becomes the drama. And the drama is what I see Republican voters start to sort of turn themselves away from. And I'll get into how that sort of felled Madison Cawthorn in a little bit. But now, and another reason that I think that they faltered with all these attacks on Barnett is because number one, like Kathy Barnett is the most, and this is not an endorsement. Like I said, I don't have a dog in this fight. Um, I, I, I call the balls and call the strikes. Kathy Barnett is the most MAGA candidate out of all of these people. In, in my opinion, and number two, she is a star. She is somebody that will do a lot in this party. 
And I think that it was a little short-sighted to sick the dogs out her out on her in the way that they did. But I also think that it portrays the sense that now Trump world is not anti-establishment. It is becoming establishment because they have so much power and they have so much money and they can get people like Sean Hannity to attack Kathy Barnett. And and now that I'm bringing this up, um, this is what Kathy had to say on Twitter about these attacks from Sean Hannity. I do want to say, never forget what Sean Hannity did in this race. Almost single-handedly, Sean Hannity sowed seeds of disinformation, flat-out lies every night for the past five days. And that was just extremely hard to overcome, apparently. And yet, over 300,000 of you came out You refuse to be tricked and bamboozled. You refuse to believe the lies because that's exactly what they were. Okay. So first of all, you know, Kathy Barnett, and I've met met Kathy. She's lovely. Sean Hannity is not the reason that you lost. So it's just Sean Hannity is not the reason that you lost. Um, It was always going to be an uphill battle for Kathy Barnett in the first place. And Sean Hannity, and like I said, as critical as I am of Trump world's attacks and Sean Hannity's attacks or whatever, they brought up things that I think are are valid and and are relevant. And I do not think that they're the reason that she lost. But there's a sense, and like I said, Kathy Barnett is somebody that's going to do a lot in the party. I think she's somebody that should do a lot in the party. I think that she's somebody that speaks to people that, and this is not like a black thing. This is a her thing. She speaks to people that a lot of these people can never, will never be able to reach. Whether it's Oz or Dave McCormick, they're never going to be able to speak as eloquently about being pro-life as somebody like Kathy Barnett can. All right? And so it's, it's a little short-sighted to try to destroy this person just to get them out of the primary. And there's this sense, back to Dr. Oz, there's this sense among the base that Dr. Oz is untrustworthy, that he's a globalist tool, and that whether it's him or McCormick, because here's the thing, and this is the thing about Trump world, if McCormick loses, and, and it looks like they're heading for a recount right now, if McCormick loses, or excuse me, if um if Oz loses and McCormick becomes a nominee, then Trump world's just going to get behind McCormick. It's not like they're going to be like, oh, well, we're not going to support the nominee. Of course they're going to support the nominee. So that's what it is. And so in that case, now you get the sense that Trump world is the new establishment of the Republican Party. I, I believe that that it is. And you're, you're getting the sense from all of this stuff that they're becoming the establishment. Now, what will happen uh, between this, you know, Oz and, and McCormick is anybody's guess at this point. Apparently, it's going to be a couple of weeks before we realize what happens. But I will tell you this, that if Oz comes out on top, it is a very strong endorsement for the fact that the Trump endorsement does mean something. And if McCormick comes out on top, well then, 
you know, Trump world, Trump world is just going to rally behind the winner because that's what Trump world does. So, guys, what does this all mean for the future of the Republican Party? I will tell you after the break. So, problematics with all of this stuff going on with the stunning loss of Madison Cawthorn in the primary with the fact that we still do not know um, who's the winner is going to be in, in Pennsylvania. What does this all tell us about the future of the Republican Party? First of all, and I alluded this to, I alluded to this earlier in the Madison Cawthorn segment, the House always win and the establishment always wins. Now, you have to understand that a big part of the reason why Madison Cawthorn lost is because he was absolutely destroyed by the establishment. Those embarrassing embarrassing videos that leaked, the photo of him in the lingerie, all of the, the amplification of all of this stuff, not only in the liberal media, but also in conservative media. When he made that comment, about the cocaine and the orgies in Washington, D.C., that man made a lot of very, very powerful people very upset. And that is just the truth. That is the fact of the matter. The establishment always wins. When people tell you about the swamp, the swamp is deep, the swamp is intense, and the swamp does not want a flamethrower like Madison Cawthorn in Congress. They want somebody that can fl throw a flame, yes, but somebody that can do that in service of their agenda. And if you want to look on the other side of the coin, look at AOC and look at how thoroughly, and I've talked to you about this before, Problematics, look at how thoroughly AOC has been absorbed into the swamp in D.C., um, is AOC saying anything controversial anymore? Is she doing anything at this point but voting how Nancy Pelosi and everybody else wants her to vote and, and selling sweatshirts? No. She realized that the establishment always wins. She realized that the swamp always wins. And her and the rest of the squad did as well. And so what, you're, what you saw with Madison Cawthorn, it is a warning shot to everyone else that is in a position of power right now, that is a congressman or woman, and that is not doing what these people want them to do. And the warning shot is, and the warning sign is, what they are telling you is that we can and will destroy you. We will take you out. All right? So the house always wins. Uh, I, I think the second thing that everything about this week have told us about the future of the party is that voters are just getting a little tired of the drama. Voters seem to have gone for Dave McCormick in Pennsylvania because um, they didn't like the infighting between or the fighting between Trump world and Kathy Barnett. They probably did not like how Kathy Barnett was attacked. It was obviously not enough to get them to vote for her, but they're indicating that they didn't like this. They're indicating that with Trump world and all of the money and all the influence and all of the stuff that comes with it comes a lot of drama. And some voters are getting a little bit tired of the drama. So they're looking for other alternatives. 
And I don't know if that this is particularly the reasoning behind why some Trump endorsed candidates are not winning, because there's a couple out there that are not winning. Like that Trump endorsement is not the golden ticket. It's not enough to get you there if you're not a candidate that some people do not believe in in some capacity already. That is why the Trump endorsement helped J.D. Vance a lot in Ohio in that race because J.D. Vance is somebody that people can get behind. J.D. Vance is somebody that people already believe in. And the Trump endorsement for J.D. Vance is kind of the cherry on top of all of that stuff. I do not know that the Trump endorsement works with somebody that people do not already believe in. And so, like I said, voters are getting a little bit tired of the drama, and that is why some of them are are sort of opting out of the Trump stuff. But what I will say is this, is that Trump world is very powerful. And this is a force to be reckoned with, not only because of the endorsement, but because, like I told you earlier in this show, they have that, that those packs have more money on hand than the Republicans or Democrats, and not to mention um, the the influence and power that they have just in the social media world in general. Will Trump be back on Twitter? Yes, Trump will absolutely be back on Twitter, and it'll be it'll be a way, yes, for the left to sort of elevate him again and turn him into the enemy, but it'll also be an, another way for him to wield his power. And so Trump world is powerful, and it's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, what I hope is that they get a little savvier with some of these endorsements and may, maybe not just endorse whoever is the, the most MAGA can, candidate or, or the one who feels the same way about the 2020 election that they do. You know, maybe they'll get a little savvier about those endorsements. But like I said, these people are these people are very powerful. Trump world is quite powerful and they will continue to be powerful. So watch out for them. All right, Problematics, thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying Can't Cancel Rob Smith, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars and leave us a little review, download and subscribe, and you can catch Rob Smith, uh, (laughs) not Rob Smith, uh, you can catch Can't Cancel Rob Smith every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcast. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. See you next week. Bill O'Reilly here with a big announcement. You can now watch new episodes of the No Spin News live on Samsung TV Plus. Tune in each weeknight at 8 p.m. on the first TV for breaking news, honest analysis, and the best election coverage in America. Please join me, Bill O'Reilly, at the first TV now available on Samsung TV Plus. Start watching today on your Samsung television galaxy devices or the samsung tv plus mobile app check out the no spin news each weeknight at 8 p.m on the first tv samsung tv plus